0: chapter four. Praise God. Praise God, healing in this house. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I love that scripture that says, strengthened by your might in our inner man. We endeavor here. our whole our, our whole dream is to be strong in him, strengthened by might. The word says in first John that uh, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest that he might destroy. The works of the devil. We're to be demonstrators in our city, in our lives, of the works of the devil, the untying of the devil, being demonstrated, not just told about. I, I'm telling these about Reading, California, that church, but more and more, we'll be have testimonies here. Thank you, Lord, because we're we're glowing. Arise, shine, River Church. Praise God. It says in Ephesians four, verse eleven. Praise His name. He gave some apostles, He being Jesus, the context there is He, Jesus, gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Let's read verse 12 together. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, I know in your English Bible, like mine, there's commas there, but there's no commas in the original Greek. And so it could be that there should be commas there, but it could be that there are no commas there. So it would be that Jesus gave of himself into certain people uh, these gifts, things that were in him and from him, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And if you distill it down, that the gift was for the building up of the body of Christ, but it was to come through the body of Christ. It wasn't to necessarily come through the fivefold ministry. It's to come through you. It's to come through all of us. It, there's no big I and little me, there, uh, uh, little they. It's, it's through all of us that this gift is to flow, but there's an order, like there would be in a home where the, 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 uh, the husband would be the first among equals, but nevertheless an equal but there's just divine order there. There's a divine order in a church where everyone's the same, but there's an order of, of leadership and directing, but none better than another. Amen? Amen. So it says that uh, that they should do the ministering. The Amplified says this, his intention was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints, his consecrated people, that they, that they should do the word of ministry, toward building up christ's body the church so it's obvious there so jesus let me ask you this did jesus send his gifts the 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 part of him did he send it into the great church the body of christ to organize a nursery schedule is that was that the whole intent of the pastor is like, OK, I'm, I'm doing my job this morning. We're handing out nursery schedules or we're going to uh, we're going to set the lesson plans for the children's church or we're going to we're going to have prayer on Monday night. Was that the whole end of it? I would think it would be more than that. The word says that it's equipping. It says it's equipping equipping, and if we go to a new job, if you, if you take on a new occupation or a new career, they're, they're not going to just turn you loose the first day. They're going to say, I'm going to hand you off to, to John or to, to, to Joanna, and they're going to equip you for this career, this job, this thing, because you're going to fit here, and you're going to make things work that didn't work, but we've got to get you up to the corporate equipping so that you can be a part of it. Um, the Amplified of verse 13, I'll just read there, it says that it might develop until we all attain, until we all attain, till we all attain, that it might develop until we all attain oneness in the faith and in the comprehension of the full and accurate knowledge of the Son of God. That's not just nursery schedules, is it? That's not just uh, uh, we're having an ice cream social after church Wednesday night and that's what the church is supposed to do. Or like Debbie was talking the other night where we're all going to go over to to Luby's and and, uh, have a a wine tasting thing. And that's our Wednesday night thing. That's not what he put his gifts into the church for. That's not like "I, I died and I put my gifts and the church is the great thing. And this is the whole end of it. This is what the goal is. No, he said that, that we might attain oneness in the faith and the comprehension of the full and accurate knowledge of the Son of God that we might arrive. Say arrive. That we might arrive, so we're going to be moving, pressing, moving forward. We might arrive at really mature manhood, the completeness of personality, which is nothing less than the standard height of Christ's own perfection, the measure of the stature of the fullness of the Christ and the completeness found in him. So the church, this is not nursery schedules, and this isn't children's church organizations of going over to McDonald's on Wednesday. Praise God, nothing wrong with any of that. That all fits, but it's all in the context of that we're moving towards being just like him and doing what heaven's already showing on a video, we're looking at it and saying, okay, we're going to go home and do that. We're going to do that on earth. Like the Garden of Eden was exactly like heaven. We're going to do the church just exactly like heaven. So that when we step over in the rapture into heaven, it's like, this is no big deal. It's a big deal, but it's like we were already doing this and having this and knowing this and seeing this. This is totally like it was back when we were in that other body. Just no devil, which means no sickness and no lack and all that, and no sin. Everybody's painted, everybody's acting right, and one thing I love about heaven is it'll be fair. It'll always be fair in <laughs> If somebody says, I know it and you don't know it, you know, it'll be fair up there. Amen. So let me ask you this. Now, come on. I'm. I'm. We have to have a life changing message when we come to River Church, because you can tune in to the to the rodeo, the church rodeo, everywhere, and hear just something. But why has God got you and me at River Church? Why are we here? Because if I took a poll, everybody here would say, I'm supposed to be here. I'm compelled. You know, I don't know a lot about a lot, but I know I'm supposed to be here, and you may have some parameters on there and some some uh, some hesitancy, but but you know that today, why are you here? Because really there's got to be a reason why Holy Spirit would compel you to give up and do without and to... to be in a physical realm or a soulish realm that would be different than some other places, some other venues that have also the word church across the door and that lift up Jesus and that get people born again. You'd have to say, why does he have me here? And I'll tell you the one word. It's equip. You're here to get equipped. Why couldn't a church be called of God to be apostles and prophets and evangelists. Why couldn't we all be in training? I'm not saying we are, but why couldn't we all be in training to be prophetic? Why could the Lord not raise up a body, a particular body? that doesn't do the drama teams and the dance teams and the social things, doesn't do the let's all join up and get in a bus and take a trip to to Arkansas and look at, a, at the Passion Play and spend a week and thousands of... Why would he have us press into prayer? Press into praying in the Holy Ghost. Press into reading the Word. Press into these hard messages that, you know, Jesus in John 6... He he talked about a message, and they said, this is a hard saying, Lord. This eat the body and drink the blood. This is a, who can bear it? And you may have said in the past, the, the, <laughs> who can bear it at River Church? And there's always a reason to grow up. The Lord had to grow them up, and he's growing us up, and we didn't have a design on it because we'd all rather just flow and go. We'd all rather just sit around and, But he's got us us in an equipping mode. So what if he had us all in training, unbeknownst to us, we didn't sign up for it, we didn't come because we advertised that, but we all found out, the Lord said, I want every one of you to be a world-renowned healing technician, and I'm going to equip you to do that. And you go, well, good God, if I'd have known that, I'd have paid attention. I'd 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 have got I'd done more, but I thought we were going to regular church, just regular cultural, easy going, come when you can, feel like it, just like everybody else. Church, I thought that was it, and so, because I'll tell you, now this is my deep seated belief, and I've heard Brother Copeland say it. That we'll all be judged by what we did with our life according to the equipping or the calling or the, the, uh, the book that's been written about us. We'll be called according to that standard if we just barely got saved. You go, I thought just getting born again was enough. Well, like, like they said, you've got to read the whole book. And this is one of the most important messages I've ever ministered on. And I don't, it's not to try to get you to do something. It's just so that we're not in ignorance. That we're not like, well, if I'd have known that, I'd have done it different. And wouldn't we? Wouldn't we all do things different if we'd have known? You wouldn't buy a car that you knew was on the lemon list. You wouldn't go say, if I'd have known that, I wouldn't have bought that car. So it was good to know. Get a little consumer magazine out, consumer reports and say, oh, lemon list, steer around that one. You wouldn't want to bank at a bank where the president had, had scammed at two other banks and, and left their states and moved there and started one. You put all your money in there. If I'd have known. And we need to know what the word says because the word is the truth. And that's, that's what we believe here at River Church is the word is true and we don't fuss with the word. We may we may fuss with stuff, people and and stuff, but we don't fuss with the word. So um, this this word in Ephesians four, where it says you might develop until we all attain, is talking about a consistent pushing towards a mark, a consistent growing and in. A consistent laying aside every sin and every weight that so does easily beset us. It's a consistent uh, walk of holiness where we say, God, forgive me for that which I now know, and Lord, show me what I don't know. I want to be holy as you are holy. I want to walk by faith. I want to live in love. Lord, I want it to be right. I think that's in us. Amen, I, I think it is. But no doubt, no doubt, to do this, to bring revival into Tuscaloosa, and I'm going to leaven the lump this morning, because it's not just you. You know, when Isaiah prophesied about the Messiah, he leavened the whole kingdom lump. Wasn't very many people that heard it that day. Whenever he said it, What did he say in Isaiah 6? Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bring... When he prophesied that, not many people heard it, but he declared it into the kingdom realm. A man with authority declared it, and God had a right to bring it. So I'm going to leaven the lump this morning that we can't operate in the realm of the supernatural unless we become one, which the Lord's pretty much put us together that way, and until we... We, uh, we don't have a volunteer status. I came from a church uh, culture where everything was volunteer. And in the Baptist church, what they did to us is they, uh, the, I remember they came, the, the pastor and the, and the head of the Sunday school, the director of the Sunday school. What was his? Is that his title? Sunday school. Sunday school director. He came to the house superintendent of Sunday school. That's what it was. It doesn't matter if you didn't have 16 people in the church. We had a superintendent of Sunday school. But anyway, they sat down in the living. and They said, Michael and Debbie, you know, here we've got a deal, and we're asking you if you would do thus and such, if you'd teach this, and if you'd be uh, the assistant, told to ask Debbie some things. And, And we said, sure, we volunteer. And that's right and good. There's protocols there because everything's based on our culture. We we don't have an authoritative culture now in the Mormon Church. If you're in the Mormon Church, what they do uh, is they the 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 bishop sits you down and says this is what you'll be doing the next year, and it really doesn't matter what you think. If you want to go to heaven, and that's the that's the caveat there. If you want to go to heaven, you will do what the bishop says, and and you'll get happy about it. And we go, that's not American, but it's a lot of things about the church are not American. It's just not the kingdom is not America not modeled after the kingdom, although we're we got a lot of things going that way. It's not all the same. We you know, we don't elect and all that sort of thing. But I'm trying to stay on point here is that volunteers don't get it. We got We got to have something down inside of lordship. And that's one thing we preach here at River Church is that if there's anything different about us, it's not our doctrine. It's that we have a desire for lordship, not just salvation, but lordship. If Jesus isn't Lord, you're just ticking the clock and waiting until you can exit this place and go over there, believing or thinking that it's all the same over there, that, you know, heaven's just generic, that everybody that makes it gets it all. And that's not Bible either, but we won't go there today. So <clears throat> Romans chapter 8, <coughs> excuse me, in, verse, in the Amplified, let me just read this. It says, all things work together <clears throat> and are fitting into a plan for good to and for those who love God and are called according, listen, listen, to his design and purpose. Second Timothy 1.9 says, who has saved us? And called us, look, look, with a holy calling. Say holy calling. Yeah. Called you and saved you and called you and I with a holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to what? His own purpose, his own purpose, his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus, what? Before time began. So it's it's not based on where you live and it's not based on who you married and it's not based on how many kids you have. It doesn't may it's not based on your educational level. It doesn't it's not based on your personality. It's based on something that he foreordained for us before time began. He 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 stamped us out and said this. This like in a like in a radio or something, this part goes in this particular model of machine, and it goes over here in the corner of the motherboard. Don't be putting 16 of these diodes on this motherboard and leave off the chips and leave off the, the whatever. One for every motherboard, and it goes like this, and it fits in this. Me- That's what we are. We are uniquely and specifically designed to fit in the body. And you've got to believe that. You've got to believe that you're unique, that, you, that it's not one-size-fits-all, that we're just down here just pushing things forward, just going to church, and somebody's got to go to the nursery, and somebody's got to lead the music, and somebody's got to preach. You know, who, who, who can, can we have some volunteers? Well, we're not going to have nursery this week because we've got no volunteers. That's most churches. I commend you, River Church. We have never let the, the nursery go without. And big churches struggle. We have never, we've never teetered and said, they're just not that important. Although we could, we could have. in Children's Church, we could say, you know, look at this. Let's be logical. Let's be, let's be reasonable. And we could have gone another route according to culture, according to volunteerism. And we just said, no, no. If y'all have to sit in here and listen to a video and I go back there. We're having a standard set that says this is what the church is. And you understand the church is defined by people in a culture loosely based on the Bible, but mostly based on some sort of model of their past, of the people's past. The Baptists say this is the way it should be. So you'll have a town of 100 people, and you'll have three churches. Go to Coker, Alabama. There's not anybody living in Coker. But they got a Presbyterian church, it's brick, and it's got a family life center. And they've got a Methodist church there that's got a, uh, a big barn that's got a, all sorts of stuff. And then they got a Baptist church. They're not going to merge and say, you know, this is reasonably the way we should do it. Yeah, yeah they got a church of God. Two Baptists. Two Baptist. we well, yeah, now they got two Baptist churches. So you, you can, there's no logic in this. People are doing church based on how they've always done church. And never mind the Bible. we got to get back and say, what is the model that Jesus rendered? If we're called to host a move of God here, we got to find something more than just everybody just pull and believe God and do the best you can. So purpose and grace, that's what First Second uh, Timothy said, his own purpose and grace was given to us. So there's a purpose for Pamela, there's a purpose for Lisa, there's a purpose for Garland, and you better find your purpose. And find it, And because it's, it's unique, it fits. If we leave that diode off of that motherboard, it doesn't matter how many chipsets we have put on it, it's not going to work. But it sure will be pretty sitting under the cabinet. You know, we'll plug it in and listen to it buzz. But it won't work. And church, the church has not worked for a long time. It just hums, and we got to get it up to working because we are the manifest, the Bible says we are the manifold wisdom of God in the earth. We are the authority of heaven in the earth. Devils tremble when we come together in one mind, in one accord with no schism or division among us. There's no power in the universe. Angels, demons, the devil himself that can stand against us this group here, when we find the Bible, put it in our heart, release it by faith, and stand together on it. We are the indomitable, unquenchable, unconquerable force. It's the most, it's the most uh, uh, what would you call that thing? Anti- uh, it's an oxymoron or an anti... It's the thing that doesn't look like it, but it is. You would never guess who we are by looking at us but it's who we are. And the only way we know that is not by feelings and not by some sort of unity. It's by the word of God. And once we believe this and interact with it, it happens. Psalm 139, I'm going to read this out of the contemporary, verse 16 says, Even before I was born, you had written in your book everything I would do. Even before I was born, you had written in your book everything I would do. Oh yeah. Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter twenty nine. Eric quoted this, but I'm going to uh read it. Chapter twenty nine verse twelve. So we gotta know we gotta know something. We gotta say there's Melissa over there, and she's smart as a whip, sharp as a tack, just brilliant, just gifted, just 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 an amazing woman filled with the spirit of God, prophesies, lays hands on the sick and they recover, casts out devils and they go screeching out. But we got to look at her and say, well, what's your gift, sister? What What has God called you to do? What is the book of heaven say about you? And she, <laughs> you know, you might say, I'm just doing what the general book says. I'm just doing what the word says believers ought to do, but I don't know my place. I might be that diode in the corner, but I might be something else. How do you know what it is? The book in Jeremiah, the word of the Lord says in verse 12, Then ye shall call upon me, and ye shall pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. There's God. There's God saying, I will hearken unto you. Push the doorbell and I'll answer it. I'll come to the door. Ring me up and I'll pick up. He said, ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search me for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity. It's like, oh God, you see, I'm, I feel like I don't know where you are and I don't know who I am. He said, just ask. Just search for me until you find me. It's not like, well, I ordered at the Dairy Queen and I'm waiting for my hamburger. I think I'll search for God now while I'm waiting on the hamburger to cook. It's going to be more than that, isn't it? It's going to be more than incidentally like, okay, God, you got six minutes between now I'm leaving the house and work. Do something if you want to. It might be more than that. Not for God's sake, because he could do it, but for us to have a confidence that we heard from him and that we could move forward. Um, Philippians 2. This thing about searching for God is not just a one-time, I got it all, I went to Mount Sinai, I fasted one time, you know, between supper and breakfast. That's when I do my best fasting, praise God. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. Funny but not. But anyway, it's not that. It's it's not, okay, God, I'm going to find you. It's It's not even... It's not even a saying, I'm willing to, although that's it. It's, Lord, I'm available. It's an attitude of, okay, if you want to talk to me on the way to work or in the shower or in a dream at night, I'm on. That's all God really wants. Most Christians are not on. You tell them God wants to talk to you and they don't believe you. You tell them God wants to heal you. Talk to a woman with multiple sclerosis in the Lowe's uh, parking lot yesterday. And she was sweet. She was nice. But I said, Jesus wants to fix this. And she says, well, I'm just, w- I'm just whatever the Lord wants to do. I'm just waiting on him to do it. And you go, sweetheart, you are right, but you're wrong as rain. It's, it's, you're, you're just running on the road next to the railroad track, but you'll never cross the tracks and And you just you just want to give them one more key, but you could tell she was adamant about it. She was like, "This is how it is. It's never worked. I've never heard of anybody where it worked. I don't know anybody that's written a book about this working, but this is the way it's going to be for me. And you know she may come and and we will put the power of God on her, but she, she we got to get available. Because I'm looking at her and I'm saying, I'm just like that. But in some more subtle and more uh, spiritual (laughs) so-called tones, I'm just as locked down, or I have been. Would you agree with me that we have a history, all of us, of saying, this is how it's going to come, Lord. This is how I know you want to come to me. And he never mentioned that. And his testimonies among people are the most strange testimonies of how he came and revealed himself to people. And it surprised all of them. So it's going to have to be putting on a, Lord, I'm available. I'm bought with a price. You could tell me to give up anything, and I already say yes. Now, that is big. When you sign your name to the bottom of the check and you leave the amount open, now, he can do something. It's scary. But he hardly ever asks you to do more than what you're already saying I really want to do. Is that right? Right? I was always afraid to say yes to God because I thought if he did, he would take advantage of me and put me in a boat uh, going to India to be a missionary. That was, my, that was my real fear. And so I drew a little line where he wouldn't, He, you know, how you don't want to loan something to your brother-in-law or something, and so you, you never give him the key to your garage or your shop. You just never do. You just say, come around and I'll see. <laughs> and uh, so you got to ask God, what's in the book about me? What's in the book? God, I want to know. The Bible says the secret things belong to the Lord. Well, it doesn't mean he won't tell you, but it just means they're they're not in this book, but they're in a book. And if you really want to know, you can seek him and he'll tell you. And according to the amount of seeking with the intent to put it into play, he'll reveal it to you. God, am I supposed to be a prophet? Am I supposed to be a nursery director? Am I supposed to be what am I supposed to be in my life, Lord? Don't let me go to heaven, glorious as that would be, and get up there, and I am thrown in with a bunch of, don't take this wrong, but Baptist Methodist Episcopalians and Church of Christ and people that never, never did anything about the will of God or plan of God, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that categorically, but perhaps you understand what I'm saying, just a, a kind of a lukewarm, quasi-seeking people, and I'm lumped over with them? And, Lord, I went to prayer, and I tied, and I gave into the building fund. And I went to the nursery while everybody was enjoying the service, and I'm back there. And, Lord, I'm over there with them. He said, you know, the currency of that is to seek me. And you never did more than them. You just talked about it or said you were available, but you never did. And you never knew. You never got in your place. And it never happened. And if it never happened, it's no different than it couldn't happen. It says in Philippians chapter 2, Verse 13, Philippians is over here. Praise God. All right. For it is, let's read it together. Amen. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Say his. Now, see, that's not the Christian attitude. The culture in America, the church, is that it's according to my pleasure. And the scripture they use is that God gives you the desires of your heart. Isn't that the scripture you hear? Well, you know, I'm doing this because I'm going on vacation and I won't be back, Pastor. We're going to take every weekend off for the summer because God gives you the pleasure. He, he, he gives you the pleasures of your heart, the desires of your heart. And that's not what it says. Here it says, it says he gives you the will, so he puts something inside you that says this is a homing device for God. It's beeping all the time, and when you get closer to God, it beeps louder. And when you get off into things and people and events that are not with God, it, you can hardly hear it. So he's always trying to home you in. And then he gives you the the will and, and the do. I, I'd like to do that. I'd like to prophesy. I'd like to lay hands on the sick. I'd like to cast out a devil and help somebody that's bound with multiple sclerosis or, or uh, 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 ALS. I'd like to get the devil off of them and set them free. I I don't want them to be tormented and me be free and Jesus having paid for both of us. I want it. So he's putting that in us according to his pleasure. Now, understand, we're not saying that there's healing people and delivering people and then and the rest of us are not. We're all called to all of that. I'm just saying you're at River Church and we do that. Why are you at River Church? if God hadn't already got you programmed to do that. He's equipping you and training you and setting you up. And you think you're just going to an eccentric, kind of a fringe, radical church, whatever, that really believes in this, but you don't maybe equate it to, like, it's part of my call. I'm there to be equipped because down at First Church, they're never going to teach me to cast out a devil. They're never going to tell me that, that I have authority over migraine headaches. They're going to just say, you know, I've got a, I have got know a doctor that can put a pill in your hand that'll help that. That's all you're going to get. I'm not putting them down. I'm just saying, we got to follow the dots and say, if you put me at River Church and they're equipping people, then I must be there to be equipped. Because we're sure not doing choir practice. We're not doing drama teams. We're not doing... Soup kitchens. Are y'all here? We could do all that stuff. Sort of. I mean, we're not even doing keyboard. We go to the double portion and they're just stacked up around there to play instruments. Even over in Jemison, Pastor West. he He has to go to music practice every Thursday to keep all the musicians in line or they'll start letting in their brother-in-law and their cousin or whatever play. And without him being there, they'll, he'll show up and there'll be three guys on the team Sunday. So he's got so many musicians, he has to go and, and, and calm the rodeo down. Do we ever show up on Thursday night here to work on the musicians? Put in tape three, please, yeah. Barry. <laughs> <laughs> Track four on CD number one. That's as, that's as musical as it gets. Matthew 25. I'm going to go a little bit further. Y'all, There's nobody writhing yet, so we're we're going to get you right up to the edge of that. This is important. This is important if we're all called, if this is our city, if we're to host a move of God, we have got to be in our place. It's not that you'll do anything different. It's just that you'll be positioned so that when God talks to you, you'll know what it means. You'll know what it means. You are, Would you think that we should all be taking a healing course of some kind about healing if we're called to be healing technicians for the next 10 years? If we're going to say, Kathleen, on Thursdays, we want you to be head of the, the whole healing ministry. And we have lined up a bunch of people that are full of devils. We went down to the to the loony bin and said, "Here, bring them here. Kathleen's on Thursdays. She'll she, she'll take care of you. But me and Debbie are going to our grandkids' soccer game, and we won't be there. Well, it might change. You might change your perspective. Yeah. To either leave the church, <laughs> be gone, <laughs> be out of town, or whatever. I'm I'm being facetious here, but I'm just saying." really. I know you're serious about the kingdom, River Church. I know you're all in. We just need to go to the next step to make it all work. We got everything in the toolbox. We really do. We just need to get some of the stuff out and start hammering this wall up. And I believe, now this is what I believe, that the Lord's waiting on that to turn us loose. That if he turned us loose right now, for some reason, I don't know what it is, we might not be able to do it, because we don't have that one little key in there. I can handle this because I'm called. There's a grace on my life to stand in that place. It won't be education. It won't be experience. It won't be culture of a church I was in. It'll be, I fit there. It's in the book. Before I was born, he wrote it down. Be, be that but he had to send me to River Church. It says in Matthew chapter 25, look in verse 25, this is a kingdom picture, a kingdom picture. Listen, you know this story. The man gave three servants. He gave everything to number one and number two. He gave one talent, which is a measure of money, to number three, and the man hid it in the ground while the master was gone, which is exactly how the kingdom works for all of us. And in verse 25, when the master came back, he said, I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth, which is the word world. How many things from God have we hid in the world that God gave us? Where are our musicians, River Church? Well, they're they're not that they're not around. They're in the world. You think God hadn't sent us a musician? They're just in the world right now. They're, they're putting their talent in the world. They're, they're here. It's like, like God doesn't know how to do that. And lo, thou, what thou hast, there that is thine. His Lord answered, said unto him, Thou wicked, slothful servant, Thou knewest that I reap where I sowest not, Gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to put my money to the exchanger's. And at my coming, I should have received mine own with usury. Therefore, take the talent from him. So there's earthly consequences to not knowing what's in the book for you and activating it. Changing churches or moving to a city or whatever. I tell you, Tuscaloosa is worth moving to just because of River Church. But as far as the experience is, it's not worth going across the street from that you've lived here 20 years. That's the experience today, but that's the lie that's sent against the call. See, God raised up the church to, to get the people equipped. The church means nothing unless there's people doing the ministry, and it says in verse 29, for everyone that hath shall be given. Can you raise your hand with me and say, I have. I have. I, it's in the book. It's in the book book, this book, but it's in the book that was got my name on it, Michael Ray Billings. In the generation of of two thousand and sixteen, that one, it's in the book. I hath, Lord, and I'm saying I hath, because if you don't say I hath, He can't give you more. So you say, Lord, I'm seeking you to find out what I hath, because I know if I don't show up with a hath, you're going to take away even that which I think I have. So I got to show up, and you go, but I'm afraid. What if the Lord loads on something that I can't? You know, that's in Matthew. That's in. Uh, Turn with me to right there to, to chapter 21. He, there's grace. When we don't know, there's grace. So you, you, you've been, you're 45 years old or whatever, and you hadn't found your place. But all of us are doing something. We're, it's not like we're sitting around as despots. We're, we're all giving, we're serving, we're, we're making River Church happen. We're making the kingdom advance. But it's a slow moving machine. You know, the spark plugs are fouled on number six and number eight. So we're not going full speed because we got just six plugs hitting. And and the timing belts off, and, and, you know, we just got things that we're moving, and we say, Woo, look, this is, we're moving. But we're not moving according to kingdom standards. We're moving according to American church culture standards. And they're not the same. It says in Matthew 21, we're almost finished for today. We're never going to be finished. Verse 28 says, But what think ye, a certain man had two sons. And he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward he repented and went. And he came to the second and said, likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Whether of them twain did the will of his father, they say unto him the first. Jesus saith unto them, Verily I say unto you that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. Now there is a heaven reckoning of how the kingdom operates that's different than American culture. We go harlots and publicans, back of the line, I'm in church all the time. He said, No, they didn't know. You, they didn't even know there was something to know, but you knew something to know. Your father told you, get yourself into the vineyard, and you would not. Or you repented and said, I would not, but then I went. See, we all can just repent right now and say, God, I didn't know. I didn't understand. Or I rebelled. Or I just was lazy. Or whatever it is that's in your heart that he brings up. And maybe, maybe you're on. I'm not even accusing you of saying you don't. You're not doing it. I'm just putting it out there that says when we're all doing it, every spark plug's wired up to a plug, uh, to a fire. We're gonna crank it. So in Jesus' name, Lord, we repent of not going in the vineyard in any way, Lord, of not seeking you and finding what's the call of God on my particular, specific, and unique life. Lord, we're not just a bunch of chickens that were hatched out of a farm and just thrown into a bin to grow up and be butchered or go to heaven even. Lord, we are specifically and wonderfully and carefully made as if we were the only child, the only son, the only daughter of the father, and you invested everything into ensuring that this only child would have the best and do the best. Lord, that's who each one of us are. I know I'm special, Lord, because I was crafted, I was refathered from above. And you just, that's your standard. And Lord, all of us fit. We all fit. And where we fit, nobody else can fit. And where we fit, Lord, we make everybody else fit better. When we're operating, when we're functioning, when we're in faith and willing and obedient, God, the church rises up. And we live in the whole lump. Jesus, we we repent this morning. For anything and everything that you would show us that has held us back. Whether it's our experience, our culture, our just whatever, Lord. Some authority figure in our life, daddy that just wouldn't go to church and we just never thought it was important. Lord, forgive us. Grace, grace, Lord, into the church. Because we want to do the will of heaven on earth. I want to, Lord. I don't want to get to heaven and say, just throw the bum over there where the kindergarten is. I want to be, Lord, pleasing you. Pleasing you. I want to please the Father. More than anything, Lord. More than pleasing man. More than pleasing my wife. I want to please you. More than looking strange and out of place in this life. I want to please you, Lord. And so we repent now and we plead the blood of Jesus on our lives. If we've wasted a day, we've wasted a lifetime. Lord, we need grace to start over today. I receive grace in my life to start over today in Jesus name. I receive it. Lord, your grace is sufficient for us. It's enough where well, there's nothing we can do to make up for the past. But we can put on your grace to catch up and be in our place in Jesus name. I pray it, Lord. I believe it. And, Lord, I don't understand the mystery of River Church and the mystery of Tuscaloosa and Alabama. I know things, Lord. I know things that make me stay attentive and make me know that there's a work going on. And I know these people, Lord, that you've put here are the best there is. And, Lord, there there were none of us accidents here. We have been tempered by fire. But, Lord, I, I we just have to walk this out. So I pray, Lord, for a grace to walk it out. And, Lord, that we'll enjoy it the whole time. This is not something that's going to be hard. It's something you put that will make our life so good that we'll say, I regret any time that I wasn't on this path. It's so good to be in the will of God and empowered by Holy Spirit. So we make the decision, Lord, today. I mean, each of us individually, but we corporately say we're on. We're in. It's happening, Lord. We're not going to question the hows. We're not going to question the why this and the why not that. Because, Lord, you couldn't answer it. We don't have a context. But today I know what my place could be, and I'm going to pursue it with all my might. I'm going to be at the right place at the right time with the right attitude. And I give you such... Praise, Lord, that you forgive us and you restore us. And, Lord, if there's anything great here at River Church, that you would be the source of it. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, amen. Praise God. Nobody wants to live a life without purpose. Nobody. And so you get rich men, you get rich women, and they say, well, this is my purpose, but it might not be their purpose at all. None of us are rich in here in the sense of past monetary accomplishments, so we'll just say, Lord, here am I, send me, <laughs> hallelujah, I have nothing to lose, nothing to nothing to give up here, amen. Well, let's stand up and praise God. Deb, do you have anything? Anybody have anything? Let the saints speak. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Praise God. Praise God. Well, let's just pray in the Holy Ghost. And, and you, you can go to war here if you want to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Manamanan de Bahariaso, lebrehende, Uge, soke, goshe, Agiato, zebrahara busiai. Enambo, hikaviasoke, lebohosia to Bahai, Ushede, Busede sedede, boosidi, Sude, brehede, boosidi, Oprahara, booshiata, Bahara, Bahasia. Praise God. oh praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, tu de Is there utterance in this house? Does anyone have anything? Holy Ghost something. Well, thus saith the Lord, I've set my mark on you. I've sent you forth as my emissary, my ambassador, as my chosen one. My plan is funded. My plan is empowered. And it shall do according to all that I have purposed even for before time began. And I will have my way, saith God. Be not tired of time. Be not tired of the things that seem to fail and seem to go slow. For those things, saith the Lord, are inconsequential to the plan. I have factored them in, and I have overcome them, and I have set success upon your hands and in on your head. Therefore, saith God, I call you glorious, I call you worthy, I call you equipped and set for not only the battle, for the battle is mine, saith the Lord, but for the victory. I've called you to celebrate my victory in this earth. So go forth with the victory, saith God, and you will see the victory manifest and demonstrated wherever you go. And I will open doors, I will open paths, I will open ways that you could not have planned and would not have seen, except Holy Spirit would lead you into those places and bring deliverance to the captives and set a glorious demonstration of my plan and my glory before their eyes. It is wonderful, saith God. Think not different than that. Amen. Amen. Well, amen. Well, we love you so much. We'll pray for you. Believe God with you for anything. Hallelujah.